What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the A Show. This is our, wow, it's our 18th episode, Meals. 18th. We had it wrong on the run sheet, but you know what? You saved it. That was a good yeah, save, my friend. Yeah. I Well, I knew I had it wrong because all I did was copy and paste like a previous run sheet, so I was like, I'll fix this shit later. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's the 18th week. We're almost at 20 weeks on this show. Once again, this is the show to listen to, the show to follow every single week for the latest and greatest in pro wrestling. Um, it's it's been a great week, I think, in, in wrestling so far, and, and it ha- I had it's an even better week. week. It's been a it's fair been a, week. It's been a I, great I, week for fucking wrestling. I like I, I like the fairness of I like the the experience of just like you know have, not every week is you know Enzo Mori gets fired or blah blah blah. Some weeks are just like you know what we got wrestling to talk about, which was oh nice. man. Oh man, that week was was rough, man. <laughs> Breaking news all the time, man. Like it was a, that was the Raw Twenty Five week. Sometimes we don't have Raw Twenty Five weeks. Sometimes we have go home shows for you know C grade pay per views, and and we just talk about that. Yeah, and this week was definitely a, a really cool. We had a really cool uh, go home show, and we had uh, a lot of just really cool happenings that went on Raw. Not so much on SmackDown, as we'll get to later. Uh, but we also watched something very interesting this week. If you remember last week, we <laughs> we started watching WCW. I don't know why I let you convince me to start doing this? But yeah, and I this did. Was, it. This was the January 10th episode, I believe I said, right? January 10th. Yes. If I watched the wrong episode, I'm going to be so angry, but it is their January 10th episode, yes. So we got an excellent match between Oklahoma and Asia. and (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I thought I got the wrong episode. I was like, yo, what's going on? (laughs) And you had had an an absolutely insane angle with uh, with Jeff Jarrett wrestling three times on the show. (laughs) God damn. And but you you said you've read the death of um was it the death of WCW? WCW. Yes. Yeah. So you have hopefully you have more context to this because I have no idea what's going on. I literally yes, I, I feel I, like I've I been do. dropped in a time warp and I have literally no idea who these people are, what are they doing, and why are they doing this. So <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 very hoping you give me context to all of these non-contextual things. Like this wrestling does not hold up. <laughs> it wouldn't have yes. held up the following year, <laughs> but it definitely doesn't hold up 18 years later. Well, this was a big nitro, and I, and, I, and I'll talk more about it because obviously we have the we have the uh, the just the place of Jeff Jarrett, and I, I just so happened to say it was this episode, and he just so happens to get into the Hall of Fame, which is going to be our first set, uh, our first point on this week's no hold bar no holds barred segment of the show. Great segue there, I have to say. I I, I agree. Jeff Jarrett in a move that not anyone thought that was possible. No one thought it was possible. Nobody thought that it would ever happen. Jeff Jarrett is going to the WWE Hall of Fame, the biggest finesser in the game. I think, you know what? I think, um, I think probably this wouldn't have happened 15 years ago. This wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. I don't even think this would have happened five years ago. But I think with the state that WWE's in now, and they're sort of recognizing outside companies and recognizing, you know, people who've done things. But then even just Jeff Jarrett and just the history they had. I mean, for a long time, you know, just reading dirt sheets and things like that, we've known for WWE and Jeff Jarrett to not have a great relationship, especially in the last 20 years. 
the way he exited the WWE, and it was like he seemingly held them up for money. Um, the way he was fired. G double O, double N, double E gone. Yeah, the way he was fired on WWE television just out of the blue, just in a very like petty, you know, way. It's just one of those. So it's, and then you know he's been known for TNA. TNA just has not been recognized on WWE television but before I want to say maybe Sting came in or AJ Styles or something like I died or I don't I don't even know when they started I would yeah I want to say about Sting but yeah it's 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 wild but it's not I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't well I was surprised it was him but I wouldn't say that like the whole thing so surprises me like we've seen Dixie on the network you know oh, yeah. we, we've seen TNA guys coming to the to the actual WWE and now we have Jeff Jarrett and, and I think that it's it's really cool it's, it's very full circle just knowing how scary it was for him late last year with him going to rehab and him you know having and, and struggling with addiction issues and I think that you know this is just a, a great moment for him I'd love to hear the story I, I want to see who, who inducts him honestly I think there is a number of people within the company that could induct him Road but I, I, <laughs> I it could be Rodol it could be AJ it could be Sting it could be Sting. Um, you it know, could be I, Kurt Angle. <laughs> could be Hogan. Who knows, right? He's at. He's no, whoa, so many, whoa, whoa, it's whoa, whoa. I know it's not going to be Hogan. It's one hundred percent not going to be Hogan. Let's let's just get that out of the way. But you know what? I think it's it's good they're recognizing him because I think really his post WWE career. I mean, even post WCW career, and he won the world championship in WCW. I think everything with TNA moving forward was really the thing that sort of crafted him as. A hall of famer because he he started a company in the midst of you know the end of wcw and it, believe it or not it's still going on today um it, it's had a lot of close calls but it's still going on today and has produced a lot of talent that wwe currently has um now do you think that he will play a, a stronger role or a bigger role in the actual wwe programming or will this just be a one and done he kind of oh. gets inducted and then that's gone I've got to think one and done. Like, there's no way I could think that he'd become like a force on the. Do- I don't think anybody, um, at least Jeff Jarrett in the WWE, um, wants him for, I don't know, creative services or consulting. I don't think they need that. I think they have. He'd be a, a good trainer. I, th- I think he. I think he'd be a good trainer or or, or a producer. Yeah, I think if he came in, I, but you know what? I don't know the relationship of yeah. w- between like. Triple H and Jeff Jarrett. I have no idea the relationship between them. I know Triple H wrote a very nice, you know, Instagram, the Twitter post regarding, or a tweet rather. Why am I saying Twitter post? Like I'm like 88 years old. Um, <laughs> he wrote a nice tweet summarizing his career in about less than 280 characters. Um, I know he wrote a nice tweet for him, but I, I don't know their, the extent of their relationship. I mean, it was even Kurt Angle was. You know, people wondered, well, was Kurt Angle's role when he was, you know, announced to be heading back to WWE? And we didn't really know until, you know, he was announced as GM of Raw. So I I don't know. I think it would be, I think it's beneficial, but I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if he has, like, in terms of everything they're doing in 2018, I don't know if Jeff Jarrett can contribute to a forward thinking WWE in 2018. Yeah, I I'm I'm I think it'd be cool if, if only to to have to build up the the behind the scenes presence of the NXT like 
I think that Triple H is stockpiling for the future. And I think mm. he's getting really smart guys to do so. And I think just business acumen wise, Jeff Jarrett is definitely a guy that has, he's like a cockroach. Like he's, he continuously comes back, you know? And I really would love to see what happens afterwards. I don't want to see Jarrett on screen. I don't think he was that popular, but I, no. but I think that it would be cool if he had a backstage role in, in well, some way, think, shape or form. What do you think about his wrestling career at least? Because there's a lot of people who says, Hey, he doesn't even deserve to be in it. I mean, you know, I think one of the most notable clips that we had, I forgot what documentary it is, but, or it might've been, you know, the fall of WCW, but, something along the lines of Jeff Jarrett thought he was the biggest thing in his, you know, con- country Tennessee bumpkin mind or something along those lines. Because the, he, I think the line was, I think the line was he, he busted a thousand guitars and never drew a dime or something right, like that. Right. Something along those lines. Uh, I think Jarrett, it's always been a good hand in the ring, never above like mid card to me. He was never, he's never had like a match that was, just absolutely incredible. I think the match he had with like China, he made her look really well. I think he had a really good match with Shawn Michaels once. Um, And I mean, WCW, you can count that out. I I think other than like the ladder match with Chris Benoit in WCW, that was literally the only match that I thought that he, that was really good from him. But I mean, again, this is a hall of fame that has fucking Donald Trump in it. It has the Bushwhackers in it. Like this isn't, this isn't for like, Okada level talents, you know. Right. I think we're gonna get to that in like 2050 or something like that when it's Roman Reigns and all them guys going in. Like that's gonna be like the okay, we're gonna debate who who deserves to be in that. But as far as these guys, there's a place for everybody in in this Hall of Fame. It's it's really nothing. It's it's PR. Yeah. So I, I would the argument about him not being in it, I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't think it's it's worth anything. I mean, he's definitely a better wrestler than Ivory, who's in the <laughs> same class as him. So I mean, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, speaking of things and and that are Hall of Fame worthy and Hall of Fame worthy names, <laughs> you you tried, you tried it. Oh, I tried. <laughs> I tried. We're we're gonna be debating him. Well, you love him. You love the guy. You you want him I to do. win the Elimination Chamber second chance. Okay, uh, I thought it was it was yes. I thought he could have won. I no no. I didn't think he could have won. I thought he. Sh- I thought it would have been nice if he won. I didn't think he was actually going to win, but go ahead. Spin Apollo it. Cruz is now Apollo, so he he could not die last name clipping. I think Vince McMahon probably like looked at the roster sheet and was like, "Who the fuck is Apollo Cruz?" And it was like, "Cut his last name off." You know what's <laughs> so terrible his- about that though? You know what's so terrible about that? They literally created the moniker Cruz can't lose. Yeah, and they chopped the name instantly, and then it's like. Now Titus is gonna have to come up with Apollo. Apollo don't follow. Apollo don't follow. Follow to Apollo. Something like that. Back to Mac. Whatever. But like, it's he's gonna have to come up with something more witty. But I think you know, you saw him get a win on Monday Night Raw. I think things are looking up for Apollo. So you know what? A name change is means. Hey, maybe we're investing something in him. And I, I love Apollo, and not you know, Apollo Cruz. And we've seen this happen before. We've seen it happen with Big E. We've seen it happen with Neville. We've seen it happen with Cesaro. We've seen it happen with Rusev. So it's just, you know, it's a, it's a thing. Vince McMahon apparently hates last names. Um, I don't know what to say. Shout out to Apollo. We're, this is the Apollo era that we're currently living in now. And maybe maybe Titus only will just be Titus. 
Yeah, I do think that Apollo's been he's been looking really, really, really great for the past couple of weeks. You know, what? Like I think I said, he's finding a confidence in the ring too. I think that's what it is. I think now they're giving him a little more opportunities, and I think he's playing a little bit more. He's a little bit more free with the Titus Worldwide sort of gimmick. I think his um, confidence in the ring is just improving. He doesn't seem like a deer in headlights anymore when it comes to doing things. I mean, he still does kind of a little bit. But I think I remember a match he I remember a match he had with Jericho that was just all off. Yeah, and I don't know what like what happened there. That might have because he almost like he almost didn't he almost hit like a, a moonsault and like land on his neck. There's some something like crazy that. like that. But I think he's just he's uh you know he's he's benefiting from the gimmick and he's benefiting from being in the ring so much and having actual fun. And I don't think he's worried about, Oh man, I could be fired. Oh, I got to impress or something along those lines. I think he's legit being loose. Um, he still doesn't have, you know, the charisma that like a John Cena or anything like has, but it's something you could build with. Yeah, it, it definitely could. Uh, the next point on no holds barred this week. Joint pay-per-views are bike. I love it. So that uh, WWE announced earlier this week, it was rumored uh, over, over the weekend that they were cutting back on pay-per-views altogether and that all pay-per-views would be joint pay-per-views with the clipping of, of a few um, pay-per-views that were still still lingering for the, the brands. But it's looking like we're, we're, we're scaling completely back to, it looks like 12 now after, um, after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And they will they will all be dual branded shows going forward. So what people are concerned about is what will what that will mean for the mid carters and how long these shows will be. So supposedly the shows are supposed to be now an extra hour long. So now all the shows are going to be four hours long. So you get um, two hours for SmackDown, two hours for Raw. To, uh, you think, but probably not. <laughs> it's yeah. probably going to be three hours for Raw and one hour, just just by the disparity of talent. There's way more talent on Raw than there is on, you know, SmackDown. And then when you add in the cruiserweights, that's another thing. Um, I think it's good. I think a lot of, you know, we're going to probably talk about the Elimination Chamber pay per view that's coming up, but that's a show that does not have a strong undercard, and neither does the upcoming Fastlane pay per view. And I think it's a you know the, the Fastlane pay per view doesn't have a, a good upper or mid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I think the matches will be fine, but, <laughs> but I agree. Um, and I think it's a four hours is still far too long for me to be sent through. Maybe I'm just old and I'm just used to the three hour format. I think even three hours sometimes drags. It's just more, it's just more to consume because you have to think that we're going to get four hours there, another three on Monday, and another three on Tuesday. And Not then an hour. The hour pre-show before. Yeah. I, I'm I'm fearing that. But I think that with like Sunday's Elimination Chamber, like obviously the two top matches are going to be like an hour because the Elimination Chamber is always an hour. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have maybe a tag match. I'm pretty sure they're going to announce a tag match, and the 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 Woken Matt and Bray match. But it's stuff like that where it's like, okay, now you're kind of all the all the top guys are in a, in a big match, and I think you're going to face the same problem with Money in the Bank. That's why that's a that's a good idea. Well, it was already dual branded anyway before this change, but mm-hmm. it, it it lends more to that being you know that way. But it also to me in a way makes it mean more when Survivor Series actually does happen. Remember when we had that big question last year where it was like, 
what does it matter if this just happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, like, why does this matter? Why does this brand supremacy matter? You can really build a brand supremacy storyline from who's going to have the best match on, on, on any brand during the dual branded pay-per-views. You know what I'm saying? And you can make storylines out of that for this year's Survivor Series. I agree. I think it's a good idea to have um, just some sort of interaction. Yeah, interaction, some sort of interaction. Like, it's a, it's, it's a really cool idea. I think, um, you know, I think, as I said, the single brand pay-per-views have been slipping. I think this is, I think by virtue of it, it gives mid-carders the extra hour, I think they're still going to find a place on pay-per-view. And if they don't, I think they'll have a high-profile match on their actual show. So maybe a Raw will get a step-up in quality or a SmackDown will get step-up in quality in lieu of an actual match on the pay-per-view. But I right. think it's uh, it's you're building something more consistently. I don't think we'll see the this problem that we're currently having where this, you know, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan thing is dragging because SmackDown had their last pay-per-view in December and they they don't have another pay-per-view until March and nothing's really going on and they're kind of just dragging their feet. So I think it's a, you know, we get progress and storylines a lot quicker too. Holy shit. I just realized that SmackDown hasn't had a pay-per-view since Clash. That is insane. Crazy, right? That is fucking insane. And then we still have to wait another, what, four more weeks for that pay-per-view to happen in March? That's, and then they only have, like, what, three weeks to build their, their mania? Man, oh, my God, that is, yeah, they really need something. Yeah. <laughs> need something. But speaking of, uh, speaking of, you know, what brand is doing well and what, what brand is, is, is th- truly flourishing, uh, the Raw ratings just came in from Monday night, and we're going to go into Raw uh, right after this. But this episode of Raw actually drew a 2.21 rating, which is higher than the previous two weeks and above the 10-week average that headed into this week. Especially the, the as, as anyone already knows or everyone has already heard, Raw was basically bookended uh, by a not even booking. It was started and, and kind of finished on the same show with a, with a gauntlet match that was pretty much the first two hours of the show. And that drew an average of 3.5 million viewers in the second hour, dropped slightly to a 3.509. Uh, but the third hour, which is the most interesting part, uh, actually drew 2.8 million viewers, which is like, that's insane. The, this week's drop off from the second to the third hour was just 9,000 people. So that like, when you, when you think about that, if you, they actually did better by just showcasing wrestling on the show. It's crazy. I think it's a, it's a crazy concept in 2018 that wrestling <laughs> sell a wrestling show. Um, I think it's a, you know, I think the I, I I think we all questioned it in the beginning because WWE has this sort of trope of that they do where they essentially have the match before they have the match, and then you're sitting through, you you have the match to set up the match and then after the match happens at the pay-per-view then there's a rematch like so it's essentially you're sitting through four three four weeks of essentially the same match and maybe like a tag team variation in between but this one just i mean they put their thinking caps on for this one and actually decided hey we're gonna do something really big and we're gonna do something major and i think the story that came out of it was undoubtedly seth rollins Absolutely. And let's let's go ahead and get into Raw here for our, uh, our weekly recaps. Seth Rollins is, is the Iron Man. Uh, I think more than anything, following up on his promo last week saying he wanted to become Monday Night Raw and the Monday Night Rollins spiel, they really gave Seth Rollins given a main show since he came back. Um, he was in the gauntlet match. He started off the match against Roman Reigns. They went about 27 minutes. 
with which saw Seth Rollins beat Roman Reigns clean. That's right, clean in the middle in a fantastic match that I think really shows that he and Seth or he and, and Roman rather have really really good chemistry and they can have really great matches. And it took me back to their match towards two years ago mm -hmm. um, when he when he actually won the belt. And what what did you think of the match before we go before we go forward the uh, the gauntlet? You know, I think um, I think I thought the match. I thought it was a good way to sort of have that sort of encounters that they're probably going to have anyway by just booking three separate matches. And I would probably would have yawned at it. You would have probably yeah. saw Rollins versus Reigns, Cena you know, versus Elias, Miz versus Strowman. And I would have been like, okay, I, I get what we're doing. Um, so I thought this was a good way to sort of structure it all in a different way to structure it all. And make it feel important. They made this feel important. I think from the jump, especially when you started off with Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins, you realize one of them has to lose. Yeah. Um, and it built an intrigue. And I think that's why people tuned in because it was like, you're going to start the show with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. So you, that's automatic. Like, you have to view this. You have to watch this. Right. And I think, um, you know, Seth Rollins pinning Roman Reigns and John Cena is equivalent in, in the same night. Hold on. We're going to get to John Cena. We're going to get to John Cena. We're gonna get to John Cena. We're gonna get to John Cena. But I, I, I think that. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I think that where where they did do it correct is that Seth needed a lot of rehabbing, and this match definitely showed that he could become the babyface that we've always wanted him to become. He's been in babyface for almost two years, almost really longer than he's been a heel, and having his character and in, in the same way that it helped out Finn in the Royal Rumble and it helped out like Sasha in the Royal Rumble as well. He was rehabbed and this became about him. And, and we'll get to this later on in the gauntlet. I think that had is, is ups and it's down. The next match that he had was against John Cena, which was a slower match. It was more so building off of the fact that Seth was already tired. He'd already been going for 27 minutes and he went another 20 minutes with John Cena where in, the, in a year where I feel like John Cena has been kind of phoning it in, I think Seth kind of carried this match as well with the selling. And I, and I know like the, the, the knee selling that he was doing was kind of like on and off, but I liked it. I, I think that the match was great. And you saw, you saw John Cena get pinned here again, clean with the stomp and Seth Rollins moves on to the next challenger. But what did you think about the second match in the gauntlet? I thought the second match, I thought it was good. You know, I thought it was, I thought, you could definitely tell that they were pacing it just from the way um, they're sort of John Cena's slowly, you know, reacting to these things. And I didn't like, I, you know, if I, if I had probably one thing about this match, it was just sort of the overacting of John Cena and just <laughs> playing a lot to just a bunch of different things and doing a lot of different things and playing a lot to just having... I don't know. He's having a tough time. I'm like, dude, you've been in there 15 minutes. Relax. He's been in there for 45. Like, you're good. Like, I don't. I didn't get that. But otherwise than that, I thought the match was amazing. Yeah, really, really good match. And I and I think that it had become really evident that this match was this this gauntlet match was gonna like they weren't taking breaks. Like, I think around this, this was around the one hour mark that the the actual show had hit. And then out comes Elias. And at this point, Seth Rollins has been in there for an hour, just a straight hour. And, and I think this is one of the longest stretches of a match that has ever been done on Monday Night Raw history. And to give that to someone like Seth Rollins, so I think is well deserving of it. Like Seth has been lost since that Triple H feud. He has been absolutely lost. I think the KO feud, while they had pretty good matches, it didn't do him any favors. I think that after that, the 
kind of like being stuck in the Jason Jordan feud, which I don't think was an awful feud, but I don't think it was going to do much for him in the periphery. The periphery, like it was just not going to do much for him. But Elias does come out. They have a pretty short match that ends with Seth Rollins being eliminated by Elias because he he just couldn't take any any more punishment. He was too tired. And they actually did something cool here where they had picture in picture. They had picture in picture interviews with all of the people who had lost or who or you know who were out of the gauntlet match that I thought was a really cool touch because yeah, they really made, made this fun. show they, they made this show feel like a real like I want to say like sporting event. Like like it was a like it was a real, really cool um way to to kind of bring raw into a different type of feel. Don't give that sort of live reaction and give these guys like you, you sort of have that um, you get the live reaction of maybe some guys who are in defeat. I mean, pretty much everyone who had an interview was in defeat, but you got you saw the sort of, you know, they've been through the ringer and what their mind is and how they feel. And I thought it was just cool. It's just to dedicate that first two hours to sort of selling this pay-per-view. And it held me. I think that held me more than anything on Raw has held me in years I, I i and i and i can see you can see from the from the ratings for those first two hours it held everyone so from that we got an elias uh and finn balor match because finn balor came out afterwards a nice little touch with finn clapping uh as rollins walked out uh, of the match they had a pretty i think the match went around 17 minutes pretty solid match they worked on they worked on uh finn's arm or shoulder and then they worked on elias's ribs which are still injured from braun Strowman hitting him with the big base last week and it saw Finn Balor win. Um, I thought it was an okay match. I, I think that in the middle of this, after Seth was out, I think a lot of people were kind of out of it too because we knew who was coming up. And I, and you could probably count by numbers or guess who was going to be eliminating who and who was going to actually probably win this thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the Finn Balor versus um, Elias, I thought it was fair. I think at that point I used it as a cool down. Um, <laughs> yeah, and maybe got myself. Finn had a lot. It was almost unfair that Finn had to follow up those two excellent matches with with Elias. <laughs> right, I thought I thought they would have been into Finn versus um, Seth Rollins, but then I think uh, they no, want to hold thought, that. Yeah, I I would have I would have been cool with um, Seth Rollins. Finn Balor coming in and upsetting Seth. Rollins. I don't think you want to have. I I don't think you want to have Finn or Seth. You know, I don't beat each other or beat one or the other until it's the chamber and it's time for them to go back to that match again. You you notice they've been holding that match off for like a really long time. Yeah, and I, you know I thought it would have been a nice touch just basically because they both pinned each other and that's the reason why he got in the match. Maybe it's sort of conclusive, maybe taking advantage. But I thought that would have been cool with the Elias versus. It gave Elias a nice little rub. And when I say hold it, hold off on it, I know they went against each other uh, a month ago, uh, and that wasn't a clean finish. So I think they're holding off on like the rubber match between those two. That's what I mean. But yes, uh, Eli or or Finn does beat Elias, and that brings out the Miz, which they had a pretty regular. And and again, like the quality went down and down as the it got more sports entertainment as it went on. But it it does it did see um, Miz win after pretty much uh, an unclean unclean win there with with the Miz Taraj interrupting. Yeah. Um, you know, the Miz is out here doing the Miz things and doing as Miz does. And it's it's apparently, you know, we, we all knew it was coming. I think that was a caveat. I think we all, they got the Miz in there and they got, you know, just to show, you know, what the Miz Taraj could do. And then essentially Braun Strowman um, came out and, you know, 
Braun Strowman. <laughs> Braun Strowman, of course, comes out after that. And How do you feel? You still, you still rocking with, not rocking with, you know, face Braun. I thought it was a good showing. Um, I, it's I'm still from it, last week because now he's not playing the guitar this week, but it's still, you know. I I still I, I don't I don't feel much for the guy right now. I think he is enjoyable. I think he is a, I think he's again the 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 top face role on on Raw is so weird how how like fluid it is because it's not really Roman and and I and I like that WWE doesn't feel they're not scared to have Roman get beat on TV. They're not scared to have him get beat period. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's an underrated thing about that the people don't mention about Roman is that like he doesn't win a hell of a lot, right? You know, I I do feel as though like in the past month or two, I feel like Finn's looked better. I feel like Seth looked better tonight. I even feel like Roman looked better tonight. I, and, and I I I'm just wondering what's the end game for a face Braun Strowman at this point. I, I didn't mind him here destroying the Miz because that's what he's supposed to do. And the Miz and, and Braun have a a long-standing feud that's gone almost to like way back in December, mm-hmm. but. I, he still doesn't do much for me as as a character right now. I feel you. I I, I don't agree. <laughs> I just I I don't feel it. I'm not feeling it right now. I don't know. I maybe after the elimination chamber, we we can have this conversation again. But for right now, Braun, I'm I'm on a holding pattern. Uh, but after the 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 elimination chamber gauntlet match, which You're is literally just the elimination like, what chamber, what else could they actually do? Like, yes. what else is the show over? Like, can you can they we go phoned home it now? the fuck in? They phoned it the fuck in. That's what they did. Um, we had a really awkward see, uh, interview with Asuka, Oof. which did her no favors, and, no. and I. You just never want to have her talk that long. I don't, I don't even think they have Shinsuke talk that long. Like you just don't think, have her do that. I think they wanted a sister by having was it Renee or Charlie out there? I think they wanted a sister, just sort of feeding you, just sort of feeding her those lines. But I don't think it. I think just her natural pacing and timing when it comes to English and all these other things just didn't, um, just didn't pan together. And you know, quick mention: we did a poll, the A show, the A show poll <laughs> over the yeah. week. Yeah. Um, because we talked about last week of who's the more complete, just sort of superstar between Charlotte and, and Oscar, or at least who's the better overall star. And an overwhelming 70% voted Oscar. So, you know what? I, I guess the people agree with Justin on this thing. But, you know, I still don't agree, um, but whatever. Uh, I don't even think it's an argument. And I, I don't think you should use this promo. I don't think you should. You can use this promo as. Oh, as no, I'm not going to use this promo. This promo is that it, it, it may be even. You know, a few weeks ago, Nia Jax was like, she can't even speak English. And I was yeah. just like, Oof. I'm glad we're away from that. I'm yeah, so, so glad um, we're away from that shit. But I think, uh, I think, but you know what? Nia Jax pops in nonetheless. Speaking of Nia Jax, she showed up. Um, she laid her yeah. out. And that was that. Was that. Um, and the show ended with a really awkward and really botchy six-woman tag match. I think the less said about that, the better. So uh, <laughs> I thought it was. Let's nice. go it, ahead. It, it adds a little bit of intrigue between you got all the teams in this match, and we'll, who will cross on who, and who will only one woman can win the championship, and who you know who's going to do that. So I think it adds a little intrigue. But yeah, the less said about the actual match, um, the better because the actual match was not good. Not good at all. Uh, let, let's actually get into our, our elimination chamber. Uh, predictions. This is going to be a less robust show than the, or not 
pay-per-view rather than, than usual. Um, Woken Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt. Do we care? I don't. I don't. No, care. not really. I think it's a good little. I think this is the match that's supposed to be good. Um, you know, they had the match. At, <laughs> oh, the one, the one in Manhattan Center. The one in Manhattan Center just didn't count. No, it didn't count at all because it was at the Manhattan Center. Did anything really count at the Manhattan Center? Because they didn't <laughs> seem to give a shit. Um, yeah. But I think this is the match that's supposed to be good. The match that's going to get time and the match that's going to be, all right, Matt Hardy does his thing. Matt Hardy is a competent in-ring performer. Like, he's good. Like, he, he can, I think. Bro, he, Matt, yeah. Hardy, Matt Hardy moves like he don't got no knees. I don't know how he's he hanging over. He got some hip, you got some hip thing going on or, like, something. Like, something that's, like, okay, you should obviously stop wrestling weekly. But he, he's got something going on. But I think it, I think. It'll end up being a good match anyway. I'm I'm hoping it's going to be a good match, but I don't think anyone will care. Yeah, I I don't I don't care. I think Matt gets the win back, and I think we get the rubber match at WrestleMania with some some fuckery going on. But it's a, it's amazing to me that been, yeah, probably probably that. Um, I think he's he's close to coming back. So if not Sunday, maybe Monday. I would say if that's gonna if that's gonna happen, the next match is is really interesting because I I think there's a lot of people that are like putting it in doubt and. I, same people that doubted this match also doubted that this person wouldn't win the Royal Rumble. But uh, Asuka versus Nia Jax, if Nia Jax wins, she'll be added to Asuka's championship match at WrestleMania 34. I don't think that there's any question that Asuka is going to win this match uh, decisively. Well, not decisively, but it'll, it'll be a great match because they have great matches. They always do. I think so, but too. I don't. I think if you're putting your money against Asuka, that's like Floyd Mayweather at this point. Just stop doing it. Yeah, I think you know what I think. Oscar is gonna be. I think Oscar is gonna be phenomenal in this match. They usually have good matches. Somehow Nia Jax is, just decides when she's going against Oscar, she's gonna just be more brutal than ever because Oscar is really gonna kick the shit out of her. So she does that. <laughs> she really plays into this sort of brutality of it all. They've done a good job of making them somewhat even over the last month. Um, so I think it's. I think it's gonna be a good match. I think that's all you can hope for at this point. Yeah, I, I um one thing that's interesting, Asuka didn't choose who she wanted yet, right? No. So like if she had cho- if she let's let's say she chose Charlotte, does that mean Naya if she lost to Naya, then she'd have to be added to that match again with Charlotte? Yes. Yeah, they've they've announced they've said on Raw that essentially like it's a package now. So if Nia Jax wins and um, Oscar chooses Charlotte, then it becomes a triple threat match on SmackDown. So I don't know if SmackDown officially acquires both Nia Jax and Oscar, but the match will definitely be a triple threat. That is that is weird because I don't think it's mentioned very often on TV, rather, that she's chose anyone for the title match right at, at, at this moment. No. They I'm they sure they mention it in they mention it in, in, in sort of in briefly, but they don't really mention it. Make it a big talking point. But yeah. Im- imagine a triple threat match between Oscar, Nia Jax, and uh and, and Alexa Bliss. I think that would have a whole lot of story behind it. Um. But I don't think it's gonna I happen. Think, so. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I can't speak on I can't speak on things that will not happen. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, this this leads us to really a more interesting point on the show. I've been holding out for a certain, you know, a certain thing to happen on the show, but it didn't happen on SmackDown because nothing happens on SmackDown. But Ronda Rousey will be at the show to sign her contract on Raw. I definitely think some fuckery will happen there. I thought that it would be Charlotte coming out and challenging her to Mania to a Mania match, but 
the way it's looking, she's going to stay on Raw. And I don't know how this how this would work with Asuka being on Raw as well, because the first match you would want to see, obviously, would be Asuka and Ronda Rousey. That's why I'm thinking, and I'm I really hope this isn't true. I really hope they do some course correcting here. I really think Asuka might choose Charlotte, man. You don't want to have those two on the same show. You just you it, like it, it would. You just can't have them on the same show. To me, I agree. I agree. Unless they're looking towards those SummerSlam matches early, um, but you know, I, I I really don't know. I don't know. But I think Oscar would benefit SmackDown. I don't think she would benefit SmackDown for long, since SmackDown has their own sort of toilet problems. But it's a it's you'd be I, running into you'd be running into Oscar beating the Riot Squad every week. And I don't know the, the women's roster on SmackDown is not that large. Oscar would yeah. be run through them by whatever the December pay per view is, and then it would be what's next for Oscar. Maybe bring up Ember Moon then, but it's a gosh, I can't imagine. It would cringe. I think people would you know cringe at the thought of Oscar on SmackDown. I think it would do worse for her character. It's we it's a it's a very I think this contract signing is gonna be a very interesting uh segment on the show more than more than anything because I think we're really gonna get their mania direction for Ronda out of it obviously but because we're we're, we're gonna see exactly who it's gonna be and I think at this point the the women's mania direction is more interesting to me than the actual men's direction is. And I, and I think for the first time, that's, that's really like super exciting to me, which leads us to our next match, which is the first ever women's elimination chamber match for the WWE raw women's championship. You've got Alexa bliss defending her title against Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sasha Banks, and Sonya Deville. I got to choose Alexa bliss. There's no way I could see anybody else winning. I mean, I could see Sasha winning, no doubt. Um, I can see Sasha winning, but like again, or you got to factor that you got to factor the the Oscar thing into it, where it's like, who is Oscar? She's beating Sasha already, but then again, she's already beaten Alexa. She's beaten all these chicks already, so it's like, I'm not sure. I, I I think out of it, if Sasha does win that, then you have a ready-made feud with Sasha and Bailey for the title at at. Mania, Nia and Alexa at Mania, and Oscar Charlotte at Mania. But then, where does that leave Ronda Rousey? And then, where does that leave Alexa Bliss? No doubt, probably has some sort of rematch clause. So uh, they got to figure their way around that. But yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting uh, thing. I, I don't think that anyone is winning this, but Alexa. I think you need to have her hot going into Mania. I always thought it was going to be Paige and Asuka at Mania or always or you know some way getting Alexa in the mix there mm -hmm. but I I do think coming out of it like I just said like Sasha Bailey for sure is a lot to me at Mania I think Alexa I'm not sure anymore like I'm really not sure anymore but I do think Alexa is going to win that match which leads us to the second match that I think will be closing the show uh the male elimination chamber match which I, I'll say the I'll say the contenders, but I think we both know who's gonna win. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Elias versus Finn Balor versus John Cena versus Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus The Miz. The first seven man elimination chamber match, and the winner goes on to the Universal Championship match at WrestleMania 34. Uh, Roman Reigns is gonna win this. I, I don't either go with Roman or Braun. <laughs> I don't think Braun. I don't. I don't think Braun's winning this at all. And like I said a week ago, I think the stories for Mania come out of this match. 
I say I say Cena might get eliminated first or or you know he gets eliminated and he goes crazy or something like that and then it, it causes him to call out Undertaker on that Monday after I think Finn Balor, Seth Rollins and the Miz definitely have something going there and and I think Braun Strowman and Elias just kind of go off into their own thing because they obviously have a feud that has been started yeah. but I, I think the more interesting part of this male this male elimination chamber which I think will be awesome is the fact that there are going to be a lot of intersecting stories that come out of it and we'll finally see our mania direction coming out of this match yeah, I think I'm more concerned, not concerned, but I'm more intrigued in sort of the storyline directions and how that plays into the results of the matches and things like that. I think it'll be a good match nonetheless. Um, I'll be honest. Do you think this will open the pay-per-view or close it? <clears throat> I think the women's will open it. And I think that the male uh, one will close it because I, I really think there's going to be some some fuckery. If they really want to throw a swerve at us, they'll close it with the Ronda segment. But I think that's going to be like the the maybe the the i want to say the middle of the show probably if i if i were the middle but then i also would feel like ronda signing it after the raw women's elimination chamber would be kind of i mean i think it would add a little more intrigue to the women's if they close the show just so that it's like okay who every who's gonna face ronda who's gonna oscar whoever you know who's gonna do what like i think you you lay out the sort of WrestleMania card, and then you kind of like, you know, you kind of end it there. Uh, but you know, who knows? Yeah, I, I this is an interesting show. Like on paper, the 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 lower card isn't that interesting, mm-hmm. but I, I think the matches will be strong, and I and I do think that the Elimination Chamber is always a it's a long, but it's always a good match. At least I don't think I think there's probably been like a couple shitty ones in in history, but it'll largely be a good show. Uh, but speaking of of good shows and shows that aren't good, uh, <laughs> okay. why are we still watching? Like, why are know. we still watching SmackDown Live? I don't like, know. Why are we still I don't know. I gave up more than I gave up um, less than halfway through the show. I was just like, okay, I'm kind of done here. But it wasn't yeah. a good show. This this show sucked. It was a terrible show, and it, it has done nothing for me. The show has done nothing for you me. Should have ripped off the gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, if they rip off everything else, they should have ripped that shit off. I, I think on this episode of SmackDown, you started off with a terrible AJ Styles promo. This reign for him, this second reign, has done nothing for him, I think. I, I'm ready for them to just get to the point and get to the Nakamura match. Again, Nakamura not on the show. Yeah. He, did a, he, did, he did get a video package from what I heard because I tapped out at like 9 o'clock. Yeah, he um, did. I only know that from the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and... I, I, Rusev not on the show. Um, a lot of people not on the show. Mojo Rawley not on the show. A lot of people they've been putting stuff behind or, or not on the show They're, to make room for this fucking ridiculous Shane McMahon, uh, KO, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan bullshit that's not going to lead to anywhere. This show is terrible. This show is a really bad show. It's probably the worst SmackDown's ever been since. Yeah, consistently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, consistently. I, <clears throat> I really can't tell you guys enough. If you're going to be watching WWE during the week, I think I'm done with SmackDown weekly. I think I might like do a recap or do the YouTube stuff um, the, the, before we do the show. But as far as a weekly show, I can't do it anymore. I really can't. I'll, I'll, I'll probably say I'll determine in the first 15 minutes whether I want to continue to watch SmackDown or not. And that'll probably be the way I decide things from there on out. 
It usually, would, it's usually playing on my computer on mute. That's the thing, though. <laughs> like, it's usually <laughs> playing on mute. It's really just background television now. I was hoping that they were they would do something, but I'm feeling like their actual show won't pick up until uh, March 12th, which is the night or the or March 13th. I'm sorry, the the, the week after Fastlane. Mm-hmm. But we do have a a, a clear picture of what that show is looking like and. Holy shit! It's gonna probably be some some straight garbage. Um, you right now that's booked for the show. You have Charlotte Flair versus Ruby Riot uh, for the women's championship. Which, if they don't do the cash in there, I'm not really sure what the fuck's going on. Um, I think it'll be a strong match, but I don't. I just don't think Ruby Riot's looked at as the, as a strong character, and she came in you know very strong on the show. You also have again. This is pissing me off even saying this. You have the Usos and the New Day again. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know why they just didn't pick Gable and Jordan, but I think they because of they had that match at the Royal Rumble. But I would have been down for it again. Like it is, it seems like a natural thing. Or the Bludgeon Brothers. I thought they were moving in that direction, or something yeah, along those they, lines. They have killed. They have absolutely killed that pairing after the the Hell in Cell match. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't. I don't really know any any new way you can do this. Maybe a ladder match, but you don't no. want to do that before Mania. You know, I think they just needed, I think they know the the status of SmackDown and they just like, we need a really good match. Like we need a hands down, like a match that's going to be great no matter what. And then you have, you have Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton and this could possibly be a three-way. Uh, with, I with think Jinder it's going to change, yeah. Uh, I, for the U.S. United States Championship, I had always said that Bobby and, and Jinder, would, that was like, they were going on a collision course. I said this from the jump. Putting Randy Orton in this not only complicates things, but it complicates things on a quality level where it's like, I just don't know what the quality of, the, of this this match is going to be. I don't I, think it'll be good. I don't think both guys are like, you know, there's a, the, the, none of these guys have matches that are too out of the box. Like yeah. they, they tend to check all the boxes with their matches and it's kind of the same formulaic thing. I don't know if they have the sort of creativity that you need to have with a triple threat match or even just with this one-on-one match. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be fair, but no one's going to remember it. Yeah. Um, and then the main event so far as, as it stands is AJ Styles as champion defending against Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, and Dolph Ziggler. And like a big, what the fuck? Like I would have just rather the three way at this point, because there's no, like on SmackDown you had, you had KO and Sami Zayn losing to have to put these two in the match. And then this week you have Baron Corbin and Ziggler losing for like the definition of 50-50 booking, which you know what, as much as like people complain about Raw, Raw doesn't do 50-50 booking much, if ever, at all anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about the show. <laughs> I don't have much to say about the show. It's fucking terrible. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. I'm, I'm really done. I'm, I'm done with, with SmackDown, but it's, it's funny that we do this and we, we go straight into a, or we're going to go straight into another show that <laughs> it's terrible in another way. It's terrible, man. It's bad. I'm bad. I'm mad. I watched it. I'm not mad. I watched it, but I, I thought it was just, what is going on? We watched, or I told Mills. 
Yes, you <laughs> to told watch. me. I don't want people to think that I watch this on my own accord like you, some sort of sadomasochistic, you know, <laughs> guy who watches 2000 WCW. Yes. Um, we watched the January 10th episode of 2000, which was a show that is infamous um, if, for the, if, if only for the fact that Jeff Jarrett wrestles three times on the show. But because of the just terrible matches on the show and also the end, the, the, the end of the show where they revive the, the NWL. And I think that's the, what everyone rem- remembers the show as. It was the revival of the NWO with uh, Bret Hart, who had just you know, come from WWF two years earlier Wait, and hadn't had a really January good run. January 10, 2000? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He had, he had been there for like, what, two years at that point? This is January 10, 2000. Yeah. All right. I'm pulling it up now. Did you watch the show? I watched January 10, 2000, but Bret Hart was already in the NWL. No, 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 no. It was, it was, it should have ended with Bret Hart versus Kevin Nash. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, well, basically, it ended up being... It, it was the it was a big clusterfuck at the end. I just say let's run through the show. Let's run through the show real quick. Let's do, let's do this because this is the show. I, from the moment it begins, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, because it, it ended up being a Brett. I'm sorry, it wasn't the the beginning of the NWO. I I got I got this mixed up with another fucking awful episode of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching all of them, but it it was it, it's basically the Terry Funk commissioner angle. Where they're going into NWO sold out. Why 2000. is he commissioner? Why? <laughs> like, is it because McFoley's commissioner, and it's because he's on the other show? And they're like, well, if they love McFoley, they'll love Terry Funk because Terry Funk inspired McFoley. Is that the reason why? I don't get it. Why are why are they coming? Who's beat? Why are they beating up Arn Anderson in some sort of gang warfare? What's David Flair doing there? Like, what's going well, David on? Flair, well, did you? Well, David Flair, you know, obviously Ric Flair's son. He had become uh, crazy because he had to live in his father's shadow, and he okay. he eventually did a, a crazy angle with he and Crowbar and Daphne, who who I don't think. Yeah, she Daphne uh, was his girlfriend at the time. Real life or on TV? On TV, he was he was he was he was uh, he was with Stacy Keebler at this point. Oh man, the the fall yeah. from grace that man has had. <laughs> but the show opened with uh, with Terry Funk, basically <laughs> the NWO kidnapped Arn Anderson at the beginning of the show, correct? And be- Ooh, that was the package from last week. So they yeah they, 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 they packed they- him. I'm watching it on mute right now, and they packed him up. They He's had this hardcore match with Bret Hart for some reason, and which I'm just like, what? What is going on? Why is Bret Hart doing a hardcore match versus Terry Funk? Um, because it was old people versus the NWL. Also old? I don't think they were old yeah. men. Maybe they were like <laughs> early 40s, but still like, what? Yes. And why is it, Jeff it, Jarrett the young, the young hip guy of <laughs> the entire group? And at the time, he was the young, I think he was like the youngest guy in the NWO at the time. And they were really putting a lot behind him because Vince Russo really loved, uh, he really loved Jeff Jarrett. That's insane. Yeah. He, told the actual start of the show, it pulls up, there's that limo shot because WCW loves a good limo. And limo's got like 18 windows, like 18, like it's fucking crazy. And Terry Funk shows up 
and he shows up with Larry Zabisco and fucking who's this? Uh, Paul Orndorff. Paul Orndorff, who was also injured. Who was also He's injured. Also, I, I remember how his career ended. Like he had that muscle yeah. atrophy thing. And oh my god! And just the old dudes, and they're running nitro. Yeah, it's fine. It's great. So basically, the show the show starts. Uh, it, this 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 just awful. Um, the, the week before, I believe Goldberg had did the the stupid car window thing. I was wondering why he wasn't on the show. Yes, he he was he was intended because they they had they had screwed him out of the title again. It was it was Bret Hart and uh, Goldberg at Starcade '99. That was the match where he got he got kicked with that mafia kick, and he basically effectively ended his career. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, the the first match that that we have coming into this, uh, Filthy Animals versus David Flair and Crowbar. <laughs> I all right, so Filthy Animals just to run back, it's a it's a crew of cruiserweights apparently, or just just ragtag of who young guys, young young, young guys. Um, Crowbar, David Flair. Well, no, it was a triple threat, false count anywhere match for the WCW. Yeah, because the Revolution champion. was in it also. Um, Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn um, versus Billy Kidman and Conan with Rey Mysterio Jr. Without the mask, by the way. Um, just an there, awful... what do you feel about? What, how do you feel about Rey Mysterio in this show? I don't know what I feel about anything on this show, to be honest with you. This was like an experience that I've like I seen, but I've like mentally blocked out due to how scarring it was. Like it's I've watched it, but did I really watch it? Like Rey Mysterio gets his ass whooped pretty bad. Um what else happens? I don't know. The match ends. I don't know. This is so weird. Oh, they yeah, do he, that, they, they do on this top of the scaffolding. This the yeah. scaffolding thing, which I thought was so <laughs> fucked up. You know why? Because they completely did not clear out that table entirely. So <laughs> he like crashes through Ray and hurts himself in the process. It looks like he hurts himself. Like mad shit falls on him. Like he falls on a bowl. Like all this other, like it's so WCW, man. Yeah, they, they completely they 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 had that spot and then they had Bobby Heenan say some shit like he fell from 70 feet. <laughs> <laughs> my god but one one overarching theme and this is this is also the last uh i believe this is the last show of the russo era before he would he would come back i think later on that year but uh scott steiner with a bunch of prostitutes on the show that was thing i think big breasts were a thing in 2000 obviously and the bigger the better um apparently and he had like scott steiner's having sex throughout this whole show it's a, it's crazy. First of all, the NWO shows up. Shout out to Kevin Nash, looking the most flea out of all of them, easily. <laughs> in, in flea rankings, he's number one. Then Bret Hart. Then Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner style. <laughs> tied for last. Scott Steiner's got his weird hair haircut. I don't know. But shout out to them showing up. They show up, you know, there's uh, prostitutes, allegedly. Allegedly. That's what we have to go with. Um, for Scott's birthday, I don't. Why is he not wrestling on this show? Because he was, I think, at the time, 
he had been going through a lot of like personnel issues. Like he had threatened Kimberly Page and shit like that. Like oh my God. they were trying to keep him away from like live mics and, and live TV because he was he was liable to do some really crazy shit if if they would do that for him. Um, but I I don't I don't think that he was I don't think he was actually awful from the Nitros I've been watching. I don't think he's been awful. I think he was way worse in WWF when he came back than he actually was in WCW. I think he and Booker had had great chemistry, mm-hmm. but there. There was just too many parts on this show where it was just like, this would not fly today. Like the the Oklahoma versus Asia match would yeah. not fly today. No, I'm watching it now and it's ter- it's terrible. I don't know why they thought this was a good idea. He um, hit he hit her with barbecue sauce. <laughs> this is something that's like, and then here comes Medusa. Poor her, the yeah. cruiserweight champion of the world, by the way. Um, then, but more than anything, let's talk about Jeff Jarrett, Hall of Famer, wrestling against George the Animal, Tito Santana, which which is in one of the worst matches I've ever seen in my life, and Jimmy Snuka. Not to be outdone by that Jimmy Snuka match, because yeah, the Jimmy Snuka match was fucking awful. All refereed by Chris Benoit. This is very. Oh my god! How do you feel watching Chris Benoit in, in uh, on the network or just in general? Um, fuck, I'm so caught up in the actual matches that I don't, I kind of like half, I feel bad about it because I kind of like not block it out, but I do. But there's also a sinking feeling because he does get hit in the head a lot. Yes. And it's just like, damn, it's like he every the, moment. He did the headbutt off the top of the cage in the snooker match. But well, the, 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 gimmick was, the gimmick was that Jeff Jarrett would face three old timers in different gimmick matches. And it would it ended up being a, like the Tito Santana was a dungeon match where if you fall on the floor you, you lose. Uh, the snooker match was a cage match, and the animal steel match was like hardcore match where Jeff Jarrett had to act afraid of a uh, old senile man. Rest in peace, George Animal Steel. But like he had to act <laughs> afraid of this very slow moving old guy. He's kind of creepy. I would be kind of afraid. Like the man is he's kind of creepy. I don't blame him. Um, Gosh, all things considered, all things considered, I think that Jeff did the best with what he had. I think his facials and his just his selling and stuff like that. He had to sell a lot of bullshit on this show, and I think he did great with it. He ends up losing, he ends up losing all three matches. All three matches, bro. He's the United States champion. He loses all three matches, and And then to further the theme of kidnapping, like you kidnap Arn Anderson, you kidnap Jeff Jarrett. Then you kidnap Scott Steiner. I have no clue how these old guys have been kid- going, like they're going in like a, a kidnapping spree, and they stuff soap down Scott Steiner's mouth. This is a, this is like, this is what happens when you were in the WWF in 2000, and you see things like they had this segment with Buff Bagwell and Diamond Dallas Page where they couldn't talk to, they had to talk to each other for five minutes and couldn't hit each other. Yeah, and it was that was. Just, a- <laughs> It's just like what, and what? the storyline there, the story there was actually like some real life shit where it was like that was actually people actually like that was a big rumor at the time. And, and I think a lot of people have either cooperated or they, they couldn't like denied or confirmed it. But Kimberly was rumored to be in relationships with several guys back, you know, in the, in the backstage area. So, of course, in Russo fashion, he decided to make that a storyline angle. And there was. They had actually a, a great match. It sold out to, to me. I thought it was pretty solid. Why does it look like Buff Bagwell dyes his hair with shoe polish? Like <laughs> his hair and how old he's he fleet, is. He's fleet though. 
You say Kevin Nash is flea, like Buff Bagwell and Diamond Dallas Page were fleeing that Diamond, Diamond Dallas Page, I could give it to. Buff Bagwell, I mean, we're going to have a conversation. Oh, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. The glasses are kind of The Fanny flea. Pack? The Fanny Pack. Listen, in 2000, real. 2000. Yes. They're all yes, still bro. rocking Fanny Packs in 2000. Fucking dope. And uh, and also the, the overarching, another overarching theme of the show was the, that Terry Funk, in what other way would a commissioner do this but he put the two lead members of the nwo against each other which was bret hart and kevin nash and this was as you could probably guess this was a way to get the belt off of bret hart because he probably he would not be able to do you know crazy matches anymore but he actually gets a, a really good match out of kevin nash in the main event but it ends in fuckery because wait, 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 wait before you get to the main event there's also another angle on this show between booker and um, what's his face? Stevie, Stevie Ray. Yes. If just like you don't, you're not from the streets anymore. Like you know, the, they're both also flea rating on flea rating is off the off the. But look, WCW was fly. Don't 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 fuck around, bro. This is they're off the like Stevie Ray looks like Bryson Tiller with like as a mutant, like <laughs> <laughs> like he easily he, he looks like a mutant Bryson Tiller, but it's a. This story and then midnight. Who the hell was midnight? I don't remember. Midnight, midnight was their all. female valet for a, for a minute, and um, Stevie Ray beat the shit out of her the the week before. Or, or, in um, real life, with the slow no oh, on TV no. with the slapjack. Oh, good. Oh shit. With WCW, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so many things blur the lines and they make storylines out of them. You don't know what happens with what. But, Midnight looks like she's the third member of Harlem Heat. Like she could get in there and start scissor kicking motherfuckers too, man. Like she was a big, she was a big motherfucker. She was big. The bigger, the better. It was like, oh, you got one China. We've got like eight Chinas on our show, and like of different races and all this other things. Like it's it, this shit is crazy. But going back to the main event, we had Bret Hart versus uh, kind of Kevin Nash. Kinda. <laughs> Kevin Nash and they couldn't go easy on each other. First of all, can we talk about the promo where there was like, um, if you go easy on each other, you'll be suspended without pay. Yeah. And both of them were like, I could go without pay. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm cool with that. <laughs> like, I got enough money. Like I'm caking already. Like guaranteed contract, my guy. <laughs> they were both like, okay, sure. And then the minute they said, oh, we'll strip you of the title. Wait, what? What? But but this was a week. This was like a week or two after Brett had called the title a piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> My God, they deserved everything that came to them. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, here you had a match, and then you had a swerve because uh, because Sid won the title. <laughs> oh my God! Wait, hold up. I'm going through. I'm wondering why Bret Hart is wrestling in shorts still. <laughs> Um, oh my god and that that's never been questioned it it was weird because uh eric bischoff would go on to say later on in in an interview years later that brett didn't exactly come to wcw in ring shape and he's he used that as an example of why they wouldn't book him on shows and why they wouldn't really give him a big spotlight and there, there might be truth there but it's just like i'm not like the relationship he had with wcw was so tenuous where it was like there was one point where they did give him a lot, but then it's like they, they you know, they they debuted him at start at the Starcade with Sting and Hogan, and that was just a completely pointless little little mess where it was like he was a special enforcer. 
Mm-hmm. And now they give him the belt, they put him in the NWO, and they make him an anti-establishment character when really he was stronger as a face. Like the only reason he worked as a, as a heel in WWF is because he had he had real life to go off of, and he was actually making sense. And he actually had a, a good face to 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 go off of in Shawn Michaels. There is none of that here. He literally had to play second fiddle to Kevin Nash and, and Hulk Hogan and be in the NWO and basically be resolved to that fate. This all of this is bad. All of this, like I, I can't believe I watched this entire show. Um, oh no, we, let's not forget the the close of the show. It, it, it fades out with with uh, with Terry Funk coming out and branding Kevin Nash. <laughs> what the fuck, man? What is going on with this show? Why is Terry Funk in charge? Why is Terry Funk? Why is Kevin Nash? This is not cool of Kevin. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I just watched him brand him. He's selling it crazy. Um, but, but just watching WTW, I don't know if you if you watched. Um, you I know, did not watch time. it as a kid. No, I did not. Um, as soon as I found WWF, I did watch the beginning. I knew who the New World Order was because I think you couldn't escape it. And I remember seeing commercials of them on television, just like New World Order. And I was just like, yo, what is that? And I think they used to have like a Sunday show or a Saturday show or some, recap, some yeah. recap show. And I used to watch that as well, but I've never actually like, I don't have any strong memories of watching WCW outside of maybe there was a Sting Hogan rematch. I think it was the night after Starcade. Yeah. Um, I remember watching that, but otherwise I don't. And I remember the Sting joining the NWO was a big thing. And he did the double the double turn where he was like, oh, I'm Wolfpack. Nope, I'm black and white or, or I'm black and white. Now I'm Wolfpack. I remember that, but I don't remember anything else. Like I was literally a WWF child. This is what this is what the show became, though. I and and I kind of fell off around '99 when Austin and Rock were at their at their biggest, and I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't I don't want to waste my time, you know. Even though it's going at eight o'clock, I'm not gonna waste my time with it. It didn't become must see viewing for me, um, ever. I, I watched, of course, everyone saw the last Nitro because it was the last the last Nitro. But you know, after reading Death of WCW and watching these shows, there's a lot more terrible here than what people either remember or they were actually watching. So the reason I'm watching these is because I don't remember any of this stuff. I never watched it. So going into this, it's like, holy shit, it's worse than what the book said. And it's worse than what people have told me. And this is just an example of, of what that is. And I, I wanted you to feel my pain for the week. Oh my God. So if anyone wants to watch this, we watched the January 10th, 2000. My bad, I, I, I was mixing it up with the week before. <laughs> And uh, yeah, because the, the, the actual 2000 run of WCW is infamous for many reasons because of the amount of personnel changes with Bischoff and Russo and just everything coming back to, you know, the reasons why the, sh- the, the actual company went under in 2001. So that's just an example of, of how bad WCW got at that point. And that's not even the worst of it. That's no, not the worst. Of it. it can't be. It can't be. I remember the juice. I remember that he was the rock, but just the juice, and he did all the rock <laughs> things, and but it was just the juice instead of the rock. I remember that shit. Um, fuck, what else do I remember? I, I didn't watch a lot of WCW. I still. Yes. Well, obviously you missed a lot, sir. So yes. uh, I will continue my WCW watches, and if there's a there's a certain episode I want you to watch, I'll mention it right here on the A Show. But for the A Show. Um, 
before we before we get out of here, do you have a match of the week, or is it anything from this episode of Nitro? No, um, God no. If I had a match of the week, I'd probably say you know. I don't Let's make it elimination chamber focused. Okay, um, elimination chamber. Which one was the one that Edge won? That's my favorite. Oh my God! You know bro. the Edge mark. Um, he he wins the world championship. He obviously he seals it. He seals the opportunity of a black man, and uh, you know enters himself in the elimination chamber. I'm trying to find where the hell is this one. It was the. Um, it was 2011. It was 2011. No, it can't be 2011. That's the year he retired. I think it was 2009. Nine. Oh wait, so, wait, wait. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. It was 2009. It's 2009, so he, he he's in two elimination chambers in one night. He loses the first one in like 15 seconds, like three minutes. Like he's the first one out. Like he's the champion, and he's the first one out. A guaranteed a champion. So in the second match, he enters. He beats up Kofi Kingston because like why would anyone want Kofi Kingston in an elimination chamber match? And he actually goes on to win it, and it's really thrilling. And I thought it was fucking amazing. So. That's my No Way Out 2009 Elimination Chamber. Watch both of them, actually. I'll go with the, you know, I'll go with, I'll go with the first one, and I'll be watching that this week. Uh, from 2002, uh, the, the actual first inaugural <laughs> Elimination Chamber from Survivor Series 2002. Triple H almost dies. Yes. Uh, that's a terror. That's, that's like a scary spot to watch, even like looking back at it um, here. But I, I really like that one. And if I had Still to do went like on a for dark like 35 one, minutes, by the way. Yes, and he did that long. He did the, He had a match with with Shawn Michaels at the end of that, and I thought it was. It wasn't like the strongest um, roster of people in mm -hmm. it, and I don't think I don't think other than like maybe the maybe the No Way Out one with with Undertaker mm -hmm. and Batista. That was a really good one, or or maybe the one where uh, Shawn Michaels popped out. The the one Chris Jericho won. Those are my top two ones actually. The first one and the one from two thousand ten, the Chris Jericho won. Or those are my top two. Elimination Chambers, but I'll, I'll go with the first one if we had to choose one for this week's match of the week. So watch that one. Great fucking matches. I actually love the Elimination Chamber as an event and as a match. So this weekend should be very, very interesting. And as always, we will recap that with you next week. And hopefully SmackDown gets better. But who knows? <laughs> really, who knows at this point? It's kind of dead. But we, but we actually have a very, really, really, really cool slate of shows on RNC Radio this week. We had the debut of Jeff and Mark's RSPN that was last week, and it will be coming back to you on Friday. We actually have a later entry of RNC Radio that will be also dropping on Friday as well with me and Josh Pease. As you notice, it, has, it hasn't gone up today, obviously. Um, and we also have our playlist, our Migos Culture 2.1 is still out. It's still booming and people are loving it. And we have our weekly series, RNC Radio, that we update every single week with the newest bangers. So, I mean, check it out this week to see what we put up there from the oldies, the goodies, uh, to everything. We put some wild shit on there. We put some wild shit on there every single week. I agree. It's RNC Radio. It's a movement, baby. Come on. Yes, sir. So until next week, for, for Meals, I am Justin. You can follow me at OGJohnny5 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow Meals at Meals TV. That is M-E-E-L-Z TV on Twitter. I'm going to do Meals. another poll this week. Yeah, I'm going to do another poll this week. I, even though I, I clearly my opinion does not matter to the people. Um, I'm going to do another poll this week. And I'm trying to figure out what that poll is going to be. But it's going to be related around the show. I don't know what to do. 
around the middle. How about you do? How about you do? Um, who does Ronda Rousey? Who is Ronda Rousey facing at WrestleMania? Mm. Okay, that's the biggest question. That's the biggest question of the week to me. Okay, all right, we we'll do that. We'll do that when the show comes out. Yes, sir. So until next week, we will see you guys later. Peace. Happy Rusev Day. <laughs>